906 to WPTF. You always have to call Friday. The worst possible moment. Tom Kearney here on WPTF AM 680 and FM at 98.5. And a reminder, always make sure you have your car button set on your radio, one for AM at 680 and one for FM at 98.5. This is the Tom Kearney Show. We're here every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 each night with a little bit of live and in real-time radio that we hope edifies and entertains you. And one of the things that we particularly want to provide edification on is the weather. The weather is important, and we go from season to season and need to be aware of the particular threats that are often in each season. And coming up in the, in the near future, the National Weather Service will have its uh, uh, week where they concentrate on warning us of sp- uh, spring dangerous weather, and we've jumped the gun a little bit, but it was time to have him back. His name is Nick Petro, and he's the warning preparedness meteorologist. Did I say the right thing, Nick? Nick? Yeah, that's right. That's right, Tom. I've I've practiced that a lot every day, warning preparedness meteorologist. Uh, He's here tonight to talk about, uh, uh, well, for the National Weather Service, uh, the meteorological beginning of spring is today. The yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just switched into the spring season, uh, meteorological spring, that is. Um, so uh, usually, you know, that starts at the beginning of March. So March, April, and May. And therefore, if you do it by the, the astronomers, they it will be around, I think it's March 20th this year. And uh, so, uh, but uh, it's probably easier to keep records and everything. So what Nick is going to talk about tonight, a little bit here at the beginning about the general weather situation and what we've had so far, because we've we've had a a lot of moisture. In fact, uh, Nick, John, and I were talking. Our my, our producer tonight, and uh, he he said uh, he said it, the question that he had is when is it going to stop raining? When are we going to have a little respite from that? And I think we've already received almost twice as much as we normally would receive in this time period or, or something like that. But let's talk about the things in the weather that have been bothering us, you know, say since the first of the year. Of course, if we were in Texas, we would have had a lot of bother. And well, on the news tonight, we've heard that uh, the, the cold weather had burst enough pipes in Jackson, Mississippi, that they still haven't gotten their water back yet. And it's been over two weeks. And so uh, weather can do its thing. But we've had a little bit warmer temperatures than we usually have and a lot of rain. But but talk about the weather a little bit. Yeah, so uh, this has been quite an, an extraordinary uh, uh, winter we just uh, we were going through or wrapping up, I guess I should say. Um, namely, do you remember uh, probably uh, not the last show, but the previous show to that, we talked about the the the, the 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 you know the show that I was on we talked about the outlook for the winter and uh, we talked about the expectation that La Nina was going to bring us a warm and dry winter <laughs> that forecast turned out to be anything but dry um, so uh, warm that part didn't really work out either um, you know overall the temperature was about you know within a degree either way either side of, of normal. Uh, for winter, we're talking the average temperature, you know, averaged over uh, meteorological winter, which is you know December, uh, uh, January, and February. But really, what what really um, was the eye opener was how much rain we got. My heavens, we got 
uh, 17.21 inches of rain uh, for the meteorological winter, which we which we define as December, January, and February. And that was the second all-time wettest winter on record at Raleigh-Durham International Airport. Uh, and, and almost, almost by two hundredths, uh, would have tied the, the wettest uh, winter, which occurred during the winter of 83 and 84. Um, it was 17.23 back then. So, I mean, we, for all intents and purposes, we were right there as one of the wettest winters ever um, in the Triangle region. And, um, you know, clearly we're all, we're all dealing with the um, effects of that. I mean, everything from, you know, the, the rivers and lakes running high I mean, right now we've got uh, uh, river flood warnings for many of the rivers uh, across uh, eastern North Carolina. You know, of course, you know, all this rain has to go somewhere, right? So, you know, the, the ground can't hold it very well. So, it, you know, obviously, it, you know, through the water cycle, it goes through the, 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 the streams and finds its way down to the rivers. And certainly, um, you know, the, the, the lakes, uh, falls in Jordan that are, that, you know, were built to control floods, you know, that that water has to be released as well. So, um, and, and, and those lakes have been running really high. So, you know, right now we have river flood warnings for the Noose River. You know, fortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to get uh, terribly high. But, uh, but nevertheless, um, that's just one of the uh, impacts from all this rain that we've uh, seen here uh, over the past couple months. So, uh, I, I don't know about your yard, but my yard is like a you know, you try to walk around in the grass and your feet sink and, uh, oh my gosh, it's just, just, you know, <laughs> it was anything but dry, <laughs> which was our original forecast for this winter season. Well, you know, you mentioned in our pre, pre-broadcast uh, conference that you and I have that we haven't had the hydrologist on lately because you've changed. Uh, uh, Mike Moneypenny, our old friend, retired and you have a new one, but, uh, He's the one who would be concerned with this, the question of the rivers and so on and the, the, the amount of water that's flowing in them, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. And, but we definitely aren't in a drought period right now. So, No, we, we, we aren't really. We're, we're not in a drought, uh, obviously, you know. But, uh, but, but you know, <laughs> the, the last thing we need is, is any more rain. Uh, it looks like, though... Um, if I can offer just a little bit of, of, of hope, that it does look like um, once we get past Wednesday's weather, now there is a storm system that's uh, you know kind of getting its act together uh, over the uh, northern Gulf of Mexico and and in, in, in Texas Louisiana region. Um, that low pressure system is going to move by to our south on Wednesday, and that'll give us a chance for some rain, probably maybe a half inch, maybe in three quarters of an inch of rain, uh, particularly uh, uh, mainly south of Raleigh um, on Wednesday. Could come in as late as uh, early as uh, tomorrow night. But during the daytime Wednesday, a little bit of rain. And then after that, though, after that uh, weather system on Wednesday, it looks like we're going to get into a stretch of weather where it stays dry for probably four, five, maybe six days in a row. So uh, we definitely need that for sure. Um, this is not one of those. This is not one of those lows that loops around through Georgia and out, and then takes takes a run of the East Coast and becomes a nor'easter, is it? No, this one's uh, this one's going to 
scoot by to our south and just keep on moving out into the uh, out into the Atlantic. And okay. uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a problem for us. But the nice thing is, is high pressure is going to build in, and it's going to stick around for. Gosh, uh, I'm looking at one of the models right now, and I don't see the next chance for rain really until. <laughs> now, obviously, things can change, but until late next week. So we, we could have a, a solid four to six days where we get uh, some just some nice weather, um, and and we 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 dearly need that. Well, let's say that one of the reasons we particularly wanted you to come is uh, that uh, coming up next week. Uh, uh, is going to be your, the week uh, that the Weather Service and other institutions devote to making uh, people aware for uh, the springtime weather, the time when you're going to have potential for tornadoes, uh, uh, thunderstorms, high winds, lightning, uh, things like that. The, the hurricane season does uh, begin meteorologically, I think, until June 1st. So now we're having springtime weather with the things that threaten us then, and you you uh, and your folks are going to be making us aware, and I think a week from Wednesday, uh, that is on the 10th, I believe, is when you have your state drill for a tornado and everybody gets a chance to practice doing what they ought to do if they are aware of a tornado. And we would like for you to talk about some of those things tonight, uh, and you can pick your way through that because you know it better than we do. But we'll start doing that with your permission right after we take this break. with us tonight to uh, talk about the weather. And one of the things that he, he needs to talk about is to look at the, the things that people need to be aware of during the spring that has to do with uh, the kind of weather that comes in the spring. It's a time when tornadoes are more likely uh, and uh, uh, serious thunderstorms, uh, hail, lightning, well, Nick, uh, you're the weather guy. You'd be better off to talk about it. So I'm handing you the ball now, and you've got to run for a touchdown. <laughs> okay. Well, certainly, um, you know, here we are heading into uh, uh, March. And uh, I don't know if people may, may, may not be aware, but we're heading into our severe weather season. Uh, typically, the brunt of the uh, tornado um, and severe thunderstorm and flash flooding season is right upon us. Uh, March, April, May are the three months that are the most active for um, in terms of uh, tornado activity and severe thunderstorm and the intensity of tornadoes as well uh, is typically, um, you know, um, peaks in, in, in these months. Now, just because we're entering the severe weather season, the traditional severe weather season, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not predicting that you know, there's going to be any any time any uh, tornadoes anytime soon. It's just this is the time of year where statistically, uh, you know, severe thunderstorms and tornadoes and flash flooding are the most likely. In fact, we've already um, this year calendar year is off to a busy start already. Of course, um, you know, we had uh, uh, just a gosh, not even a month, uh, two weeks ago, in fact. In Brunswick County, there was already uh, a, a, a deadly tornado, um, and you know there was an EF three on the on the evening of uh, February fifteen um, in in North Carolina here along the coast. So uh, clearly, tornadoes can occur 
in the Carolinas any month of the year, any month of the year, uh, as we saw with the Brunswick County uh, EF3 tornado uh, two weeks ago. But, but clearly, um, you know, statistics show that the months of March, April, and May are particularly active in terms of tornado activity, uh, severe thunderstorms with large hail, and, and flash flood-producing storms. So uh, next week, we will um, try to raise awareness with uh, residents in the Carolinas um, talking about uh, severe weather preparedness, and it's North Carolina's uh, annual Severe Weather Preparedness Week. All, all next week, we'll be having... Um, uh, we'll be doing a lot of media events where we uh, try to raise awareness and, and bring uh, information to folks on how to stay safe and how to prepare for the severe weather season. So, so, uh, so that's coming up next week, and uh, we're kind of getting a, a jump start on that uh, here tonight. You know, I was just thinking when we were talking about the dates that I think the last tornado that actually hit Raleigh was in uh, April of 2011. I believe it was, and that was the tornado that came and went across the southern part of Raleigh and sort of took a bounce off of Shaw University and so on, if I remember correctly, and, and then went up through Raleigh a little bit. And the Red yeah. Springs tornadoes, which are among the worst that we've ever had, happened, I think, in March of uh, 1984, as a matter of fact. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so um, certainly, um, you know, we are going to be... Um, recognizing the 10-year anniversary of the April 16, 2011 tornado outbreak. That was North Carolina's most significant tornado outbreak um, in terms of the number of tornadoes um, that, that, we've, that we've ever seen, and that was uh, 10 years ago on, on the 16th of, of uh, April. And uh, so we're, we're, we're going to be at the National Weather Service putting together some, uh, some really neat um, uh, information and um, a neat web page and and doing some um, uh, doing some neat uh, outreach to to uh, you know just uh, again just remind folks of how you know if w we live in the Carolinas here particularly those who are you know in the coastal plain um, you know and and along the I ninety five corridor in the eastern Piedmont of North Carolina is particularly. Uh, active, if you will, um, you know, there's a, a, a large percentage of tornadoes that occur in, in North Carolina occur uh, basically 100 miles either side of, of the I-95 corridor. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, kind of right close to, uh, to folks listening to us. So, uh, so it's especially important that we take these opportunities uh, when we have them to remind folks how to stay safe during severe weather. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm not predicting that this is going to be a devastating severe weather season. We really don't know. Um, we, we don't know whether this is going to be a year of lots of tornadoes or few tornadoes or something in between. But you know what? It only takes one. It don't, and that's why we need to prepare because, you know, if, if the entire spring is, is beautiful and pleasant weather, but there's just one bad severe weather day, that's all it takes to change people's lives. And we want people to be prepared. For that, even if it is just one day of really bad weather, uh, or or dozens of days of bad weather, we want people to be prepared just the same. This is a season when a lot of people in North Carolina. One of the great things about living in North Carolina, and particularly in this part, the coastal plain, and as you said, the eastern Piedmont, is that the beach is not very far away, and people 
or go off to the beach. Many people have cottages or like to go uh, fishing or whatever. And so they're tra transversing land that where a tornado could appear. And so they need to sort of be aware of the possibility of, of, of that, in fact, happening. And so uh, it's a good time to, to be reminded of uh, uh, what, you know, is, is out there and, and to recognize the conditions that are going to produce and to know the, the sources like WPTF and other radio stations and the National Weather Service's uh, radio uh, stations to, to let them know where what's happening. And, and later tonight, Nick, I guess you'll talk about the, the, the things that end up on smartphones and the apps and so on that people can, can clock into to find out what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. We want to raise awareness of, you know, there, there's a variety of ways, and and, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into this more after the break. But there's a variety of ways that people can be prepared, um, you know, knowing your risk and building a plan, and and um, uh, but particularly have ways to get the severe weather alert. And, and that's one thing I want to remind folks is all the different ways you can get those alerts, and it's so important to. To, to have multiple ways and redundancy in, in how you're going to um, get those tornado warnings when we issue them at the National Weather Service. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to uh, sharing some of those ways, some of which you already have uh, on your smartphone, for, for example, um, and, and uh, through wireless emergency alerts. But you know that that that's that's just one step in the bigger picture of staying safe. Uh, during severe weather, you know, first you got to make sure you know what's coming. Uh, so, you know, it's so important to just every day at the beginning of the day um, check the weather forecast, and and that's the first step in severe weather safety is knowing what's coming. You know, nobody wants to be surprised uh, by any you know dangerous thunderstorms that may be headed your way, and the best way to to kind of uh, uh, you know prohibit or, or, or eliminate that surprise effect. It's just by checking the forecast every day. And something you reminded us of, and every person in, that's ever visited from the National Weather Service has reminded us of, is the necessity for kind of having a plan so that if you find out that a tornado has headed your way, I can remember that tornado back in, in, in 2011. Uh, Nick, uh, my wife said, Tom, I think you better go look at the television. And they were saying it was headed right for where we live. And I well, we'd worked out our plan, and for the only time since we've ever lived in this house, almost 50 years, we went to the basement because that was our plan. And I took the radio and the cats and went to the basement. And that's what people need to know is what they're going to do if the, if the tornado shows, its, shows itself is what do we do, not, not start at that point figuring out, well, what do we do now, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, and you know, it's interesting. You're lucky that you have a basement, but a lot of homes in, in this region uh, do not have basements. Um, Can I stop you right there because I didn't realize how close I would, would not have let you start. But we're going to find out what you were going to say about basements or what to do, where you should go, and that sort of thing when we come back after the half-hour break and a check of the news. Nick Petro is our guest, and we'll be back. 9.33, almost 9.34. Yep, it's a Monday night. It's March 1st. It's the meteorological beginning of spring and, and with the severe weather possibilities that come along with it. So we've invited our friend from the National Weather Service, Nick Petro, to come and talk about the, the warnings and things that you will hear on, 
what you should do. And just before we went away, he was talking about, well, not everybody has a basement, so that means you've got to think of something else to do. Nick? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when um, when there's a threat of severe weather, like if a tornado warning is issued for your area or even a severe thunderstorm warning, it's important to know where to, to seek safe shelter. And, and Tom, you were mentioning uh, uh, before the break how, you know, during that uh, April 16, 2011 tornado, uh, how you, um, uh, you know, you went down to the, to, to the basement and it was the first time um, that, that, uh, that you've done that. And, and my, uh, my comment was, well, not, not all homes in, the, in, in this region have basements. Um, uh, for example, my home was, you know, built on a slab. And uh, there's no basement uh, to go underground. So basement is the best place to seek shelter. But if your home, like mine, doesn't have a basement, the next best option is to seek shelter in an interior room on the lowest floor. So, uh, so you want to get down and get into a room that has uh, no windows and has as many walls between you and the outside. So... Uh, real basic, you know, basic rule of thumb. Get in the middle of your home, uh, like an interior hallway, interior closet, interior bathroom. If you're if if where you're seeking shelter has a window, then that's not an interior room, okay? And it's not a good room to seek shelter from a tornado. So uh, so anyway, and it's oftentimes once you get to your storm shelters. If, if you have, a, like, a, say, a table or something you can get under to protect yourself from flying debris, uh, that makes it even better. Uh, it's even a better uh, um, storm shelter. So uh, that's the real main thing. You know, I know what a lot of folks think, you know, when there's a tornado warning. They want to get confirmation. They want to look out the window maybe to see if this truly is something they should be worried about. And, and oftentimes, you know, Sometimes warnings come with not a whole lot of lead time. So, you know, every second counts. And that's why we tell folks, don't waste time going to the window to see if you could see it. Don't waste time, you know, calling your friend down the road to see if they see it. You know, uh, if you get that warning, the moment you get it, seek shelter. Don't waste any time. So uh, that's, that's the best option uh, for folks. And, of course, uh, like, like in your home, Tom, if, you, if for folks who have basements, that's even better yet to get get below ground. One of the things is you have the frame of the house protecting you there, and and uh, you know, if things start falling on you, uh, that's something that you can get under, you know, and uh, keep it from falling. There's a, ours is not a finished basement. Uh, you wouldn't want to go down there to live, but it is a place where you can seek shelter, and there's a, a brick wall, and I said to Mrs. Kearney, let's, let's lean up against this wall so that if anything falls, it'll fall on the walls. And maybe leave us a little, you know, crawl space there. That, and so we took the took the cats and did that. And so, but you, you know, I guess what I'm trying to illustrate, and then you too, is you need to have a plan and you need to look the situation over and decide what the best thing to do is before you're confronted with it. You know, have it, have it worked out in your head. Absolutely. You don't want to wait till the last minute. And, and uh, that's what severe weather preparedness week next week is all about. And you know, the good thing is, is we're going to have some nice weather next week. So. Uh, next week will be like the ideal week to to really to to truly take part in severe weather preparedness week. You know, the first thing you know, you need to know your risk. You know, have you you know have you uh, uh, you know uh, assess your situation? 
Take a look around. Strengthen your home. Take a look around your property. See if there's any uh, trees that are leaning that, you know, uh, that, that a gusty thunderstorm might blow over. You know, if you have any uh, dead trees or leaning trees, maybe take, you know, near your home. Take that, take the time to, to, to you know, maybe take them down so that, you know, you don't have a falling tree uh, risk on, on your home. You know, ha- have a plan. Write, write all this down, what you're going to do, where you're going to seek shelter. Make sure you have multiple ways to receive severe weather alerts, you know, um, you know whether it's uh, through a NOAA weather radio or through uh, wireless emergency alerts or uh, downloading a, 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 an app on your cell phone that brings uh, severe weather alerts. Um, these are all basic things that you can do during um, Severe Weather Preparedness Week to, to take action to, to get ready for, for the severe weather season. And, and, and remember, we're not just talking about tornadoes. There's other hazards that severe weather season brings, the, the months of uh, March, April, and May bring. It's not just about tornadoes. It's about severe thunderstorms. And severe thunderstorms could bring, you know, dangerous um, straight-line winds. It's about, about storms with very large hail, um, you know, hailstones that form in powerful thunderstorms that can, you know, uh, break windows and, 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 and uh, you know, strip siding, uh, uh, do damage to the siding of homes, crop damage. You know, at least once or twice a year, every year, we get a, a big thunderstorm complex that produces, you know, golf ball to, to baseball size hail. It, that usually happens once or twice. Uh, every year in the spring severe weather season. So, you know, again, there's really no way to tell for sure in, in, in advance whether we're going to have, you know, that, that those episodes. But, you know, typically most years we do. So you want to prepare for that, you know. Nick, isn't the spring, isn't this particular three-month, four-month period right in here one of the periods in which we're most likely to get a lot of lightning strikes, too? Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for uh for, 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 for mentioning that because that's another thing we want to prepare for. Um, and, you know, we have a day uh, dedicated during Severe Weather Preparedness Week to talk about lightning and all the risks with lightning. Remember, it, every thunderstorm uh, brings lightning. There's no such thing as heat lightning, okay? A lot of folks say, well, you know, I see lightning. I look up at the sky, the sky is blue. You know, that's got to be heat lightning. Well, actually, believe it or not, there is a thunderstorm somewhere nearby. There's no such thing as just heat lightning. Okay, if 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 you see if you see lightning or hear thunder and you look up and the sky is clear, um, trust me, there is a thunderstorm. You just can't see it. It might be over, you know, beyond, uh, you know, uh, maybe blocked by trees or terrain or buildings, you know, obscuring your view of the thunderstorm. But uh, but but rest assured, if you see lightning or hear thunder. Uh, there's a thunderstorm nearby. And, and even weak thunderstorms can be deadly due to lightning. Uh, so Sometimes they, when, they, when they, only, they may be only having one really terrific bolt, but, but, but they do have one even if they're small. And I know uh, you would have to tell me if I'm right or wrong about this, but I think at one time North Carolina was in, say, the top three or four in the country in the number of lightning deaths because we had so much rural activity, i.e. farming and things like that, and a lot of golf courses and a lot of things that took people outside. And the people, 
we'd end up under trees and lightning would strike and uh, first one thing and another, they would draw draw lightning. So not draw literally, but lightning tends to hit, hit the, the highest thing on the horizon is what it tends to hit. You know, what's interesting, you, you, you mentioned uh, something so, so important is that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, um, you know, when, when, it, when it starts to rain and they're doing outdoor activities, what do they want to do? They want to seek shelter and stay dry. Unfortunately, people make the mistake of going under trees to stay dry. And believe me, that is the last thing you want to do when it comes to a thunderstorm. Don't, I, I would, <laughs> I'd rather get wet than to go under a tree, okay? Because let me tell you, if you're under a tree or near a tree and you're trying to seek shelter from the rain and there's a thunderstorm, there's a good chance that that, you know, if that tree gets struck, you could be killed um, because the, the, the lightning can jump from the tree the people that are standing nearby or underneath it. So, in fact, in fact, uh, we document at the National Weather Service every lightning fatality um, that is that is that has happened, and and a very very large percentage of lightning fatalities are due to people standing near or under trees. So, get away from trees. That's the that's, that's the best advice I can give you when it comes to outdoor safety. When it comes to lightning. In fact, you know, outdoors, there's no place outside that's safe during lightning. When it comes to lightning safety, uh, you have to be inside in an enclosed building. And if you're out at, say, a park or out somewhere where there is no enclosed building to seek shelter, the next best choice is to go in your car and, and wait it out in your car. So, so there's no place that's safe outside during lightning. Picnic pavilions, gazebos, tents, porches, they don't offer adequate safety for lightning. You have to be in an interior, uh, in an enclosed building, or in your car. And you were right around the edge of talking to this a little bit earlier, and I interrupted you, but the fact that you uh, cannot see, that the sky is clear and you don't see any storm does not mean that you can't be struck by lightning. Lightning can almost strike over the horizon. And uh, what is it you say? If you're in a storm and it passes on, wait at least 30 minutes before you go out, I believe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, lightning can, can uh, strike up to 15 miles away from its parent storm. So that, that's quite a distance. In fact, we always tell folks, um, you know, when you're seeking shelter from lightning and uh, let's say you're waiting it out in a car or inside of, you know, inside a, a you know, enclosed, uh, you know, a, a building, basically, um, you want to wait at least 30 minutes after the storm is over because as the storm is moving away, uh, lightning can actually strike behind the storm, basically places where the storm had come from. So, so it can sort of reach back, as I like to say. So you always want to wait at least 30 minutes after the storm's over before you resume your outdoor activities. Let's stop and take a break now at uh, 9.45 on our program tonight, Nick. And when we come back, we'll be on the last quarter of the program. And, and uh, we'll find out from you any other things that we haven't been able to talk about tonight that should be a part of preparing for severe spring weather. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service is our guest. This is the Tom Kearney Show, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Big chance to promo what's coming up. Tomorrow night, my brother Stephen will be here, and we'll be uh, uh, commemorating uh, a Women's Work Month. And he's going to actually talk about since he has an interest in in, uh, in the.
the entertainment industry about women in Hollywood. Not not just actresses, but but as producers and directors and and the other positions of power in Hollywood. That's tomorrow night, and uh, Wednesday night, uh, Austin Maddox is going to be here to talk about stamps and coins. So that's what's coming up on the next couple of days. Tonight we're talking about the weather with Nick Peter of the National Weather Service. Uh, he's got a big week coming up next week, and and uh, it's uh, spring. Severe weather preparedness week. I think I got that right. Nick, is there anything uh, left that we didn't get to talk about tonight that you'd like to take a run at in the next few minutes? Sure. I'd, I want to remind folks that next Wednesday at 9.30, um, we're going to be doing the statewide tornado drill. So um, what that means is the uh, we'll be issuing a product uh, through the emergency alert system that will basically go over TV and radio stations and uh, no other radio and, and announcing the drill. Um, and, of course, we do this every year uh, during Severe Weather Preparedness Week, the statewide tornado drill, and we encourage uh, every school, every business, every workplace, every family across the state, uh, we, we strongly encourage them to participate in the statewide uh, tornado drill. And, you know, even if you don't do the drill or, or practice the, you know, what, the, well, basically the drill, what the drill uh, hopes to accomplish is that when we make that announcement, we, we really would love for people to just kind of stop what they're doing and pretend as if a, a tornado warning had just been issued and then go to their uh, location, their storm shelter that they have uh, planned for and designated. And uh, basically, you know, you don't have to stay in there very long, just basically do what you would do to, to as if it was an actual tornado warning and, uh, and and go to your shelter for, you know, a minute or two and just in, just so you know where you're going to go and have that place planned out in advance. And, and you know, whether you do it at 930 or any time of the day, um, the, the key thing is to just, just practice that at least once on Wednesday. Um, again, that's a statewide tornado drill, um, and it will uh, sort of officially take place uh, again, Wednesday, March the 10th at 930 in the morning. But, uh, I guess if you have a NOAA radio that's set to NOAA weather radio, you'd want to check always. Well, I, you know, sometimes those are the kind of things that you, you set them, you set them up, you get them fixed, and they're all ready to go, and then you sort of halfway forget about them, and they might uh, have, something might have happened to make it not work properly. It might have drifted off frequency or something, and you need you need to go through and check things once in a while just to make sure they're still working. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And to that point, yeah, you want to have multiple ways to get our warnings. So I sort of alluded to that earlier. And, of course, everybody will automatically get tornado warnings on their cell phones through wireless emergency alerts. You're also going to get on your cell phones whenever we issue flash flood warnings. And just real briefly, since I mentioned flash flood warnings, we're going to have a day dedicated to flash flooding. And the main thing with flash flooding, the main safety thing to remember with flash flooding is never drive through areas where water covers the road. Flash flooding, most flash flooding deaths occur in automobiles. It's when people drive through areas that, you know, have water covering the road or water's flowing across the road, and, and they think, oh, yeah, I can get across that, no problem. Next thing you know, their car's stalling and they're being swept away. You know, that's the most common you know, a uh, situation where fatalities occur with flash flooding. And we just want to remind people over and over and over again, just to turn around, don't drown is our saying. 
Um, you know, even if it doesn't look that bad, turn around and find another place uh, or another route to your destination whenever there's water covering the, you know, uh, uh, flowing across the, the roadway. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, absolutely, flash flood warnings. But, but back to what I was kind of saying, having multiple ways to get those warnings, you know, whether it's uh, wireless emergency alerts or no weather radio or a, like uh, FEMA and the Red Cross both offer uh, free cell phone apps that you can download and put on your phone that deliver uh, weather warnings. So uh, definitely, you know, just have multiple ways to get uh, get severe weather warnings from the National Weather Service. And if nothing else, in, in behalf of the broadcasters, uh, the warnings that you folks put out, they go straight, usually straight, well, they go through the wiring of the station, but they go straight to the transmitters. And it, it's uh, not something that, uh, for instance, our producer is John Stoller, but if we had a warning right now, he, he couldn't, wouldn't have to do anything. And in fact, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't even you know, negate it. It's going to happen anyway. And so if, you, if nothing else, keep your your broadcast unit, your radio on, and, and it, will, it will give you a little bit of warning. Uh, and, uh, and they do practice warnings once a week, usually in the, in the middle of the night, as a matter of fact. But, uh, uh, but they, they do do them just to make sure that the, the, the instrumentation works and so on. So if nothing else, you just can listen to the radio all the time. And if, if something needs, you need to be warned about something, you will be warned. Absolutely. And we... At the National Weather Service, we really appreciate all the partnerships with the media and broadcasters, and, and delivering those warnings uh, on our behalf. To, uh, you know, it's um, you know life-saving information that uh, certainly um, you know helps the folks and, and to stay alert. And we certainly appreciate uh, everything uh, your station does to uh, push those warnings out. Um, and, and absolutely, uh, the the emergency alert system, all that stuff is largely automated, and our warnings go straight through. I, you know, I mentioned that because when I first started working at WPTF, it was not automated, and and whoever the announcer on duty was, and that was me. At many times, I would you would we would have to go through a well, we had a check sheet, and it took three or four minutes to to or more to get it you know in in running order, and now it it happens automatically, and that and you made the point earlier that, that time is a important element and speaking of time being an important element it's time for us to go now Nick thank you for being with us tonight we've used up our time but I, I well, appreciate very much you being on with us yeah thank you so much Tom I appreciate that you have me on again tonight okay we'll have you back that's Nick Petro of the National Weather Service on tonight uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow night about women in Hollywood